it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. Today's episode is one of a five-part series going inside the team's Sweet 16 game against Dakota Wesleyan. The day started with Coach Tonigal challenging the team to pursue the game as a form of worship. Thinking of basketball as worship can seem confusing or intimidating, but Coach Tonigal then played a song for the team with lyrics saying, If everything exists to lift you high, so will I. What followed was one of the most memorable days of worship in IW Hoops history, culminating with senior Trevor Waite calling for a team meeting that evening for the team to worship together again and to share the unique thing God did during the game. Over these five episodes, we will hear from an individual player about their experience of worship during the game in the first half. In the second half, Coach Tonigal will share his insight into the story. At IW Hoops, we believe all of life is worship and that we can pursue God first in any context or environment he puts us in. We hope this five-part series will encourage you to worship God in new and fresh ways. We're joined by freshman Jonathan Panzu, and we're talking about the Sweet 16 game against Dakota Wesleyan University. But Jonathan, let's rewind a little bit and just go through your freshman year. We've heard throughout just some of the ups and downs that come with being a freshman. And you're in an environment where there's deep relationships. You have coaches who are going to be very honest with you, but hopefully who you feel loved by even when they're being honest with you. And a lot of times you're getting exposed to areas of growth that you didn't even know you had. So as, as you went through your freshman year, what did you learn about yourself in terms of what God had for you that you needed to grow in? Um, coming in in the beginning of my freshman year, like I wasn't as strong mentally and um, I wasn't able to um, – continue to think positive in times of adversity and uh, that's what I really noticed and um, the coaches really noticed that in me and um, after being pushed and like just trying to like pray and like get past that I was ultimately able to do it like towards the end of the season and I'm like trying to still get past it as best I possibly can. So you you mentioned coaches really push you in that direction and coach Chan will spend significant amount of time with you what were some of the things that two you did in, in order to try to grow in this area that you guys both identified as a, a next step of growth well when it comes to coach Tonigal, like it was like it goes back to just being vulnerable um I just when he when he came up to me and like we discussed on like the, knowing that that was what I need to work on like I was just like yeah I know like I'm not good mentally. Like, when things get tough, I don't know how to handle it. Like, in high school, things got tough, and it was pretty easy to just take the easy route out and just, like, not go as hard. But in college, it was a lot different. So I was just really vulnerable with them, and we were vulnerable with each other, and it made the process super easy. So you guys would meet occasionally. He challenged you. He'd show you film. Yeah. And throughout, there was this theme where there was an, uh, a way to grow that was identified. Mm-hmm. And he walked alongside you through that. It wasn't just yell at you and tell you. Never did that. But he's walking alongside you. Mm-hmm. And this leads us really into the national tournament. Uh, we're playing against Dakota Wesleyan. Yeah. What do you remember heading into that game, what you were thinking? 
Um, I don't. I didn't even know what to think. It was my first national tournament, um, Sweet 16 game, but we were uh, playing Dakota Wesleyan, like you mentioned, um, and they brought like an insane crowd, <laughs> and like that gym was just packed. So I was just like, nerves were flowing through me, and I was just like super excited, and I was just ready to win. I was ready to go out there and play. And we go through the entire first half, and we get in, you get put in the game in the last play of the first half. First time, what happened? Um, um, so I get like I get thrown in a few seconds left, and it's like um, it's a last second shot. So I remember Grant Smith had the ball, um, and it was kind of like a we just spaced out for him to just go and create because he's really good at doing things like that. So um, he drove left, and only thing on my mind was if he misses this, I'm getting it, and I'm going to finish his ball because we need this. So he uh, drives left. He uh, tries to tries to finish over two defenders. Ball comes off, not jump and just go get it and just finish it right before the half. <laughs> and what was so neat looking back, you played six seconds. You got a tip in. We end up winning by one point. Being ready in that moment was huge for us to have the win. Now, let's move to the second half, because that's really the point of this podcast and what we're talking about. Specifically, how does worship intersect with basketball? And we've been sharing these stories about how it seemed like God just showed up in five different ways to five different players in the same game, all unique of each other. And you have a story to tell. So can you just take us inside what happened to you during that game? Um, During the game, like... Like you said, in the second half, things did get tough for us. And um, like I explained earlier, my mentality, like, I I do tend to, like, get pretty doubtful in moments like that and moments when uh, things do get tough. But there's just, um, um, I don't know, there's just point in the Bible that says, like, uh, you know, stay calm and know that I am God. Um, that just kept, like, I just kept hearing that voice in my mind, and it just gave me, like, a sense of confidence and um, some faith like towards the end of the game. So you have this moment where you start to doubt a little bit mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you have a passage of scripture that comes to mind. What do you think happened in that moment? I don't know. It, like I'm still to this day, like I said, I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out what was happening during that moment. Like it was just insane. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm wasn't even looking at the game. Like, I'm just looking to the right of me and I see Seth with like his hands up and he's just like worshiping and it's just like the whole bench was just like worshiping like throughout the entire game and it was just insane like I'm just looking at the at the score and it just keeps like trickling down trickling down trickling down and we keep getting closer and closer and closer and I'm just like oh my goodness like like God was really moving that game and I'll never forget it. I I have this text from Coach T he he that night we had a meeting with uh, Trevor White who organized it and just said, coaches, we have to share what happened in the game. Um, and you guys all told these stories. And you didn't share to the team, but Coach T and you met after. And, and here's the text. that Jonathan told me tonight in tears that when our team lost the lead, he heard this verse clear as day. Be still and know that I'm God. Jonathan said, I felt like God was sitting next to me on the bench. He spoke this scripture over me and gave me peace like I've never felt. It was incredible. I've never had any experience like this ever before. What do you think happened that day on the bench? <laughs> I don't know. Like it's like I can't, I can't put in the words like what happened. Like 
it was just a it was just a calming sense that like like God had like on us and our team that day and at least me like it was just yes I was doubtful for a second but like I don't know I just just having faith it was just it was just awesome and it was amazing what's so fun to watch as a coach was how God's word came alive in your heart that day and we see that time and time again throughout our program when his word is living and active and it, and it comes alive in a new and fresh way and uh those are moments that we never forget when God just shows up and faith becomes real. Yes, sir. How do you think that day and that moment will impact the type of man you become? Um, I think it'll impact it just because, like, in times when things get doubtful, um, not to question God and to know that He is God and He is all-powerful. It's as simple as that. It's so powerful uh, to, to hear your story from this year to see how there was an issue that you'd been wrestling with and you'd been growing in, but God cemented it through his word in a powerful moment, doing something you love, playing basketball. So what does it mean to worship playing basketball? Um, for me, at least, it's just um, acting on the, on the gifts and abilities that God has given you, um, not taking them for granted, but using them just to um, spread the good news, spread the gospel, and influence as many people as you can. And when we come back, Coach Hanley was going to talk about this moment and about Jonathan's growth throughout the year and, and what their relationship was like and what he saw from Jonathan, why he's so excited about his growth going forward. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined again by Coach Tonegal talking about Jonathan's moment in the Sweet 16 game. This is the third story we've had of a player having an encounter with God in worship in one single game. But Coach, I want to zoom out when we're talking about Jonathan and talk about his entire season because he described it as the culmination of a year of growth for him. So take us back to the, the moment he arrived on campus. Like so many freshmen, they come from all over the place. They're, they have to get acclimated to a new culture. What do you remember about him coming in? Well, Jonathan's the classic example for me of coaching somebody not in the box but on the line. Um, you know, Jonathan, I think just in terms of responding to adversity, was not in the box. Um, and he would say this to his credit. I think he's got a lot of self-awareness. He knows where he needs to grow. But if things didn't go Jonathan's way or Jonathan was being corrected or even coached hard at times, his response was just to shut down. And couple years ago my response would have been be okay I'm done you know I'm done with you and just not work with him but 
to rather ask the question is is he in or out but where is he yeah he's not meeting my expectations right now but where is he on that line and how do i move him forward so from there that forced me into relationship with Jonathan. That forced me into conversations. And that forced me to even share my own struggles and say, Jonathan, here's where I'm struggling. Can you help me? And I think that began to hopefully develop some trust between Jonathan and I so that when those difficult conversations came or maybe a, a tough moment, I could speak to him without him shutting down or, or shutting me out. What strikes me is that you're not saying the frustration wasn't there because as a coach and as a leader, we always deal with moments of frustration. It was just how you channel that and how you – move forward with that frustration. So what did it look like in one of those moments where you felt like Jonathan could have responded in a different way uh, to, to coach him along the line and meet him where he's at and move him forward? Well, I think one time I, I kind of messed up. I, I got too frustrated in practice and responded, said some things that I probably wish I could have held back. But then as emotions calmed down, I, I brought him into my office and instead of me lecturing him, which is probably what I'm pretty good at, I decided to ask him what he's hearing. Because obviously what I was speaking and what he was hearing are two different things. And I was amazed at what he shared with me because it wasn't at all what I was saying. And so that gave me an opportunity. Okay, this is what you heard. Let me tell you what I wanted to communicate. And here's probably more importantly why I wanted to communicate that. And I think it put he and I on the same page and it allowed us to move forward. But you just added a level of complexity to coaching because you have – a staff, you have managers, you have players, you have administration to try to manage and think through and process and pray about all these things. Wouldn't it just be easier to not worry about people and relationships and, and just try to push people to play harder? Absolutely. And I think for whatever reasons, so many coaches have this idea and probably managers and, and any type of leader that one communication style is going to get it done. And uh, if they don't hear me, that's their fault. They play for me. But the reality is all of our guys have different personalities, come from different walks of life. And maybe it's having kids that has revealed this to us, and, and especially to me. I mean, every one of my uh, six kids now is different. Uh, each one of them has a unique personality. And I spend half my time trying to figure out those personalities, and, and you got to talk to one differently than the other. Well, those kids are no different than my basketball players. And they come from homes, and they have mom and dads. And I think the – we owe it to them to talk to them like their parents would. Uh, granted, we're using basketball, but everybody's somebody's child, as we've come to realize, and we want the best for them. So it doesn't mean there are not hard conversations, but I think we're going to go about it maybe differently than, than we would, would have 10 years ago. And there has to be payoff for this. And I've heard you use the phrase coaching paychecks. What do you mean by that? Well, the paycheck we get at NAOS, and although we're thankful for it, um, we're not going to buy a mansion with or a new yacht, um, but – we get letters once in a while and emails and texts after guys graduate, and you can't put a value on that. And actually, someday I could honestly tell you it's far, far more valuable than a million-dollar contract. And every once in a while you get that from a player who's graduated, who's now married, has a family, and says, Coach, I really get it now, and thank you. And I just file those away, and sometimes you pull those out, whether you're on a losing streak or – uh, just a rough part of season. You read one of those, and man, it's worth a, a million dollars. And you had one of those moments with Jonathan after this game. So Trevor Wade, as we've shared in past episodes, calls for this meeting and just opens the floor and said, what did you guys experience during the game? Because something deeper seemed to happen, something unseen. Jonathan didn't speak up, but Trevor called us to pray and share with someone after that meeting, and you and Jonathan ended up together, and he shared something that kind of blew your mind. I remember you telling the staff about it. I'm sitting on the floor, and he goes, Coach, hey, uh, 
you're going to think I'm crazy, man. I, but I'm telling you, I, I heard from God. It was so clear. I was so clear. That, Please don't think I'm crazy. And I said, Jonathan, why would I ever think you're crazy? He said, I've never had this happen, but, but here's what happened. He began to explain to me that, you know, as we lost that 17-point lead and things were obviously momentum had swung, everybody was fearful. And he heard clear as day, um, you know, do not be fearful, uh, for I am the Lord God. I am with you. I forget the, the specific reference, but it just blew me the way, the way he articulated it, how excited he was to share it. And uh, for him, that was an experience, an encounter he'll never forget. I guarantee it changed his life and set him on a new trajectory. But that seems out of the box for many people who even believe in God, for God to speak to someone sitting on the bench during the game. It is, and I think we've come to expect the unexpected here. Uh, when, when you live an I am third life, it's an adventure. And I think we're all looking for challenges and adventures, especially guys. Um, we embark on many different ones. That's why we have big toys and we like new gear, new cars, but I think when we submit our lives to God first and others second, it's an adventure that trumps any other adventure, and God shows up in so many unique and cool ways, and I think that's that's the excitement. What's next? We're, we're asking, what is next, God? What are you going to do next? Who are you going to speak to, and then how can we share that with others? And what fascinates me about this story is Jonathan didn't just have some random feeling. It was actually the Word of God that came into his mind, which necessitated him being in the Word before it happened. And we've talked throughout about starting a day and ending the day in the Word. It's about more than just checking a box and saying, we did it. It, it. Those words actually come to life. So why is it so important that we're in the Word so then we can actually hear from God in these moments? Well, it's it's not just reading the Word. I mean, when I say the Word, sometimes it's memorizing it. Sometimes it's praying it. Sometimes it's sending it to somebody else. I think when we can figure out how to saturate every area of our life with God's Word, we begin to think that way. Our minds begin to be renewed in, in a way that's far greater than our world. And I think it just opens up so many possibilities because life is full of challenges. We're, as a people, we're always looking for answers. And we've got that answer in the Word. We just need to saturate our lives completely with it. On our next episode, junior Trevor Harrell will come on and continue the conversation about worshiping during basketball in the Sweet 16 game against Dakota Wesleyan. Coach Tonegal will join in the second half. See you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWU Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWUHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at IWU Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.